is a bonus episode. Bonus, guys. Bonus Welcome to track. Extraneous Supernatural, The Little Guy. I'm Takia. I'm Leah. As we're going to be sorting Supernatural characters yeah, here. <laughs> into Hogwarts houses. So uh, background of this is, A, we just finished recording an episode, so we're already in front of these microphones. Deeply loopy. <laughs> Deep, deeply loopy. <laughs> and B, while we're recording this, LeakyCon is going on, which is another mischief management property. It's our Harry Potter event, and neither of us are on site. Yeah, it's really sad. We want to talk about Harry Potter too. Yeah. So we're going to. Everybody's like in robes and talking Harry Potter <laughs> theories. I'm like, we can't die. And apparently we can't. Actually, we can and we can talk about <laughs> Harry Potter and Supernatural so we have one up to them <laughs> but yeah all right if we're gonna sort Supernatural characters I think we had to start at the top mm-hmm. I'll go first I am a Ravenclaw I think it's come up a couple of times in it the has podcast. like every episode you're like sorry I'm a Ravenclaw yeah because honestly I deeply identify it's very important to me I bleed blue and bronze <laughs> and so yeah my secondary house is Slytherin which is honestly like a pretty strong secondary yeah. for me which makes me an asshole. It's, <laughs> it's really the worst combination of houses. You get shit done. I do. You get it done. I because do. you're a Ravenclaw and you have a plan. And if the plan falls through, you're going to get done regardless. <laughs> uh, what are your houses? So I am a Slytherin, which is always fun and interesting to go through with people because I'm not like your standard ambitious Slytherin, mm-hmm. but like I kind of have everything else that they do. I hiccup, sorry. And my secondary is Gryffindor, which means that's a mildly exhausting combination, I think, because Mm -hmm. as a Slytherin, I'm like, I'll hang back and I'll wait till something's going to happen and I'll figure out my best way to like, you know, either attack a problem or like, or get into a group or screw someone over. And then if it doesn't happen fast enough, I'm going to break down the wall. (laughs) I'm just going to run through walls and get it done. I'm like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm waiting. I'm done. So is that... Is that kind of like how you balance the secondary, like your theory of secondary is just like what's the next closest house that you are? Not necessarily, but like that's how it it tends to manifest like that in me a lot. Yeah. So the Harry Potter of all of this, right, is that a lot of the the theories around primary and secondary houses is your primary is your why. Yes, your motivation. And your, and your motivations. And your secondary is your how, mm-hmm. how you get those things done. And again, like those aren't cut and dry black and white type things. They marry each other. They work. Everybody is a little bit of each house. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would say yeah. that like the honestly, if you like go back to the Sorting Hat song, a lot of that is about mm-hmm. motivation. It's about um, knowledge for knowledge's sake. Mm-hmm. If you're a Ravenclaw and it's about uh, using any means to achieve your end if you're yeah. a Slytherin mm-hmm. and it's really about like why you do stuff and like what's going on in your head and mm-hmm. like why your actions might be more conniving or cunning as opposed to and secondaries are pretty much made up by fandom. But uh, I think it's pretty good. It works very oh, well. Oh, it works really, really well. And I only go into that in detail because one, I'm a Ravenclaw lol. And two, <laughs> two, I think we'll probably get into that a little bit with the characters. And so I think it's useful to lay it out. All right, so Sam and Dean. You want to start with Sam? Let's start with Sammy because I think this one is easy. Okay, I don't want to say like easier or whatever, but like, yeah, it's easier. (laughs) Well, Sammy, I think his house is cleaner cut. His actions more align with Ravenclaw. Yes. Okay, great. I wanted to make sure we're on the same page. No, same page. Sam is 100% a Ravenclaw. Right, like Sam, the way that he attacks a problem and really where he's coming from motivationally Mm -hmm. it seems like is figuring out what's going wrong and fixing it yep and those are very Ravenclaw traits to me. Mm-hmm. Those are very, like, I want to do a ton of research. I want to, before I take a step, I want to know that it's right. Yep. 
I see that in Sam a lot, a mm-hmm. lot. We just finished season eight. You see him nerding out about the man of letters in the bunker. Yeah. And he's definitely a man of letters. He like aligns with that half of their like lineage. And so that to me is a very Ravenclaw like thing. Yeah. Um, as opposed to being a hunter. And then he honestly is the one that like goes off to Stanford and I don't know that it's necessarily like obviously he wants to get away but I also get the sense that Sam is more the explorer yes he goes to get away right because Mm -hmm. he wants to do more and be more and all of that but like part of it is like what else is out there it's not just like I gotta get away it's what else what else can there be for me yes and I think that's a very big Ravenclaw tendency it's not exploring for exploring sick necessarily but like it's exploring because of the potential of what knowledge there is to gain. I also think little Sam displays a lot of Ravenclaw when we see him in flashbacks. Like, little Sam realizing that monsters are real because he's picked up on all these clues and he's watched and he's sat back and he's figured it out and he wants he wants to know more and he's scared and he wants dad to be around more often but also he wants to know everything he needs to know because it's the best way to keep him safe and to help keep his family safe even when he's little. I think that's a very big Ravenclaw tendency like helping to see the pattern or puzzle and to put them in a way to best position you to help others or yourself. I also think, honestly, like Sam has a lot of trouble with authority. His dad, especially as an authority figure, but like anyone that tries to put him in a box, and I think that that's a very Ravenclaw tendency, yep. is like the only person who knows the right or wrong or the way to go is me. So yeah, Sam is definitely, definitely a Ravenclaw. Mm-hmm. What do you think his secondary is? If I were to pick a secondary, I would pick Slytherin. I think Mm -hmm. Sam is very good about holding on for a second when he needs to. Sometimes he flies off the handle, but he's a human being under a lot of pressure. We all have those moments. Yeah. And Slytherins are not like cool cucumbers. I have the worst temper ever. But like, I think he likes to wait back. I think he likes to see the whole picture. Yeah. I think he likes to see where he fits in two things. That's mm-hmm. a very Slytherin tendency. Yep. And I think ambition for himself is something he does have. Like we talked about going to Stanford. Like he wants to escape and he doesn't just want to escape and, and buy a cool car. He wants to escape and he wants to learn more and potentially better himself and the world around him again. Yeah. And I think those are the Ravenclaw and Slytherin tendencies very well married. Yeah, I would agree Sam. with that. And I think that honestly, like if we're talking about his how um, he accomplishes a lot of his things. It's in a very manipulative Slytherin way. Like he's the one of the two that's sent in to like be nice to people, you know, because not just to be nice, but to get them to tell him more information or to get something out of it. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a very Slytherin tendency. Yeah, Sam can find sort of the the thread that needs pulling yes. very easily and work on that thread slowly enough to get something to unravel. And that is something that requires, I think, the patience of Slytherin. Yeah, and Sam at his worst really only relies on himself. I mean, that's a very Slytherin Ravenclaw. Like, that's a very Slytherin-y thing. We talked about Sola Sam, and actually I think we said, like, it's the extreme of a Ravenclaw. Like, I compared mm-hmm, him to mm-hmm. Batman. If you go all the way to the logical <laughs> end of a Ravenclaw, you would hit somebody like Sola Sam. You remove like, and Ravenclaws are not non-empathic, but like, if you were to remove empathy and, and loyalty and all that human stuff, and you just go like, like a Vulcan, very logic, mm-hmm. That's a lot where Sola Sam comes from and a lot of what he does. He's not being a dick. He's like, uh, this is, I think this is the best way to do this. Yeah. One of the things that I always think about, because like this is, like I make the joke that like I'm an asshole because I'm a Ravenclaw and I'm a Slytherin. <laughs> but one of the things that they use to test for intelligence in young children is empathy. Mm-hmm. Because like the earlier you develop a sense of like there are other people around you <laughs> and like empathizing with other people is a sign of intelligence. Yeah. And that I think is... 
like when you take the Ravenclaw tendency that you're talking about with Sola Sam to the extreme, mm-hmm. it's not that you lack empathy, it's that you're conscious of it. Yes, 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 yes. And yes. empathy is exhausting. Yes. <laughs> and so once you're mm-hmm. conscious of it, you're like, why do I have to do this? I think, <laughs> I think a lot of Ravenclaws are very empathic as well. Oh, yeah. In seeing sort of the logics and the patterns and everything, like you don't just see it in, you know, factoids, you see it in people. Yes. And I think that is one of the reasons why Ravenclaws are very empathic is because they, in using the information around them to to figure out you know how best to attack a problem per yeah. se some of that information is emotions and so you have to be okay with or not okay with but good at reading emotions and stuff like that yeah absolutely. and whether or not you 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 take them on like an empath would and like like somebody crying makes you cry but it's enough to recognize that and to have to like potentially internalize it and use it for something else and I think that ties in very strongly there's like the the Luna Ravenclaw that is like sensitive creative mm-hmm. artistic yep and I, I, that's not necessarily Sam, but that's definitely like on that spectrum of empathy, yes. right? Like that type of creativity and, and art usually comes from a well of mm-hmm. of some sort of emotion. Sam is definitely, of the two of them, the one who has the vision. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, really ties back to all of his like Ravenclaw sides. Seeing a bigger picture. Seeing a bigger picture. And wanting to... To I don't know, finish a puzzle. There's a lot of metaphors I could <laughs> I could attempt to put together, but I'm not going to. I am not a Ravenclaw. <laughs> Fuck the metaphors. <laughs> I'm out of caring. I've stopped caring. Um, no, but yeah, I think I think that is a very like you're right of the two of them. So Dean, Dean, I, I'm really torn on Dean's primary. Yes, I tend to lean towards Dean being a primary Gryffindor. Yes. However, we we very quickly checked with each other off mic. It was like, will this be a cool discussion or not? <laughs> um, and I could be talking into flipping him with the primary. Yeah. So I think that this is worth exploring yes. because I agree. I, basically, I agree that the two houses, and I almost said signs, like astrological signs, so lol. Nerd. Um, but the two houses that show up in Dean are Hufflepuff and Gryffindor. Yep, I agree. Which is his primary and which is his secondary, I think is worth digging into. Mm-hmm. I think that I see him as a, his reason for being mm-hmm. is family mm-hmm. and loyalty and saving the world, right? But like... Um, I think it could be either. He's definitely, a, maybe he's definitely a hassle. You know what? I would buy that. I would buy Dean being a hassle and choosing Gryffindor because it's like, I would do it's, that. it's the it's jock the house. That, yeah, you know what? It's like in, supposed to be in. in. In quotation marks and with winking and nodding and stuff. Like we're, we're Harry Potter fans. We know that the stereotypes aren't the houses. Yes, like we get yes. it, guys. But as an 11-year-old, Dean was told that Griff- the, tough, the, tough, the, cool the tough kids are in Gryffindor. Dean's in Gryffindor. Are you and, kidding? And so he's a hat stall between Hufflepuff and Gryffindor, and he chose Gryffindor. I think that I would believe that. I, I think I would go for that because 100%. I think Dean's motivating factor is his family, the community that is around him, and, yeah. and doing better and all that stuff. I also and, think that Gryffindors have a tendency to see a clear right and wrong. Yes, and yes, that yes, is that's what I was going to say. Very Dean thing. The black and white of morality. Yes. And also, uh, we've talked a lot in past episodes about Dean's mission is saving people. Yes. So Dean will do anything for Sam. 
or potentially for Castiel, other than, like, kill Sam or something. But, like, Dean will do anything to save his brother, including, like, not close the gates of hell. But take his brother out of the equation, Dean will do anything for the rest of the human race if it can stop something bad. It's not like the the stereotypical brave Gryffindor, like silly brave Gryffindor. So but it Dean is- in the beginning, Dean in season one, I'm thinking of him like crashing into Stanford mm-hmm. and like dragging Sam out on the hunt. Like he's kind of a dumb jock Gryffindor. <laughs> Like, think about it. Younger Dean is definitely a dumb jock Gryffindor. And I think when he gets older, he gets a little, he slows down a little bit. But I think it's that occasionally he gets so focused on his mission. Yes. And his mission is more important than anything else because his mission is like, it's to save people. And I think he's able to hold on to that. And it is so intrinsically a part of who he is. Like, his mission is him. Yeah. And because of that, that's where his Gryffindor strength comes from. Well, also the Dean that immediately makes a deal with the demon to save his brother. The Dean that honestly... Impulsive. Deeply impulsive. The Dean that comes out of hell after having, you know, put people on the on the yep. racks. Like that Dean... And is broken up about it. Yeah, because he has like given in to a darkness that he that he knows is wrong. You know, he was an honorable man. Yeah, Gryffindors overall, it's not that they don't like losing, but they don't like it if they've lost something that they think they so easily should have won. Ugh. Dean broke in hell because he was tortured for you. Yeah, dude, it, if he were to break, he should have broken and then like, I don't know, given up the ghost. Not broken and injured someone else. Like that's where the quandrum, like quandrum, is quandrum a word? Yeah, I'm not sure it is. Quandary, that's where the quandary is for him because of this like rigid morality that both Gryffindors and Dean Winchester mm-hmm. have, it's worse to be mad at yourself than to be mad at someone else. Mm-hmm. Because if someone else does something wrong, then like you were right and they were wrong yeah. and that's solid moral ground. If it's you, if you made a mistake or like you messed something up, then that is like Gryffindor kryptonite. Dean rewrites his own brain. Yeah. Because Castiel let go and he couldn't believe it. Yeah. And what he does, he doesn't say, he doesn't express the fact that he he feels guilt because he thinks he didn't try hard enough to get Castiel out. That's what he's feeling. He's feeling guilty. He expresses it by yelling at Cass. I mean, like, <laughs> I tried everything to get you out. I tried, damn it. Don't you say I didn't try. And Cass is like, A, didn't say you didn't try. <laughs> B, don't let myself go, dude. Like, Dean lashes out because he cannot handle having failed someone. Yeah. And even worse than that, his brain rewrote itself because he couldn't, he even worse, could not handle someone not wanting to save themselves and come with him. Yep. Like, everything is his own problem. Dean Winchester's penchant for taking on everybody's problems. Boy, is that a Gryffindor trait. Yes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> the fact that he's a hat stall, like that Hufflepuff, it is. Makes it worse. <laughs> it makes, makes it, it so, so much, much worse. worse. Because then you see the Dean that like, one, this rigid morality isn't his own, actually. It's been given to him by John. Mm-hmm. John Winchester, Gryffindor. Oh, big time. John Winchester is the reason 11-year-old baby Dean chose Gryffindor. Because his daddy <laughs> said it was the good house. He wanted to be just like dad. He So you see how much he takes that on. You see in like Point of No Return when they're in the holding room and he's about to say yes and he looks over at Sam and like that's the thing that keeps him from doing it that is literally it's like 
it's like a Hufflepuff and a Gryffindor are on his shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> and he is like, man, my brother. <laughs> I guess I have to stay for him. Yeah. And they they do Adam like kind of dirty, but like Oops. <laughs> they like there is a lot of loss there. Yeah. Like they do feel lost. And I think that Dean especially as like carrying on as the big brother is kind of like, yeah. Yeah. Like family is really important and like remaining loyal to those who are loyal to you. Mm-hmm. Um and all of those like very Hufflepuffy traits. He likes himself some pie. Mm-hmm. He likes <laughs> snacks. He he <laughs> gathers he gathers family like nobody else. I mean, he nests in the yes Impala. Like he wants to create these homey spaces, and not just for himself, but for but for his family overall. His family being Sam, and like hopefully eventually Cass, and like where Bobby's still alive, Bobby, and he wants Kevin to be okay. Like even if he puts up Dean puts up these like asshole friends all the time, which is kind of a Gryffindor peacocking move. <laughs> But, like, he doesn't mean it. He wants everybody to feel cozy and eat pie. Like, that's literally how Dean feels. Also, Dean's fear of abandonment. Like, I think that is a lot of the Gryffindor in him as well, but, like, mixed in with that Hufflepuff loyalty. And, like, first of all, yes, all houses show loyalty. All houses have loyalty. Yes, we are all complex human beings. (laughs) Settle the fuck down. (laughs) Don't you come to me with your Harry Potter nonsense, girl. We've been doing this for over a decade. Don't curse at the audience. (laughs) Listen, it just reminds me of, like, when people are like, you're not a real fan. And I'm like, read another book. Read another book, guys. <laughs> Ugh, Harry Potter. Watch another TV show. <laughs> what was I saying? The I don't scene know. in heaven, honestly, Dean's heaven is a Hufflepuff heaven. Oh, ooh, ooh, ooh. It I is got chills just, just now. him going from scene to scene of him giving comfort to his family. It's him taking baby Sam out to, like, do fireworks. Fireworks. It's him when Mary's sad, crawling into her lap or, like, on giving her giving her a hug. Like, it's Dean's heaven is a Hufflepuff heaven. (laughs) I think I made Leah cry again. I did a little bit. (laughs) Like, giving giving comfort. Yes. And simultaneously, you can tie his Gryffindor aspect into that because it's not just giving comfort, it's also protecting. Mm -hmm. He's protecting Sam's childhood, like, giving him moments to be a child, even though we know for a fact that John was staunchly against these boys having fun. (laughs) Like, he he was giving his brother back some of his childhood, and he was giving his mother comfort, even though he was just a kid. Yep. I think Dean being a hostile is the only thing that makes sense here. Oh, I just had real emotions thinking about like that being a Hufflepuff heaven. Yeah. All right. So this is part two. two? Yeah. Part this one is... and a half. It's going in the same episode. This is Lion King one and a half. <laughs> I was singing the Lion King before we started. It's yeah. not <laughs> just a random. <laughs> but I, I mean, if you're listening to this and we sound slightly different or whatever, it's because the discussion you just heard, we recorded back in August. Yeah. And this Currently for us, it's like right before Thanksgiving, American Thanksgiving, so November. Yeah, and since this episode is going up following Thanksgiving, American Thanksgiving again, uh, we thought we'd add on Mary and John to Sam and Dean and just make a family affair of it. We determined that if we said that Dean was a hat stall, he would choose Gryffindor because of his father. Yes. Because, like, especially Dean at the beginning of Supernatural. And John, I think, throughout, even before he becomes a hunter, 
still Mm -hmm. has those Gryffindor qualities, right? That's the John that says yes to Michael. That's the John that is going after Mary so hard. Like that's... That's the John that didn't tell his wife when he was about to leave the house to go for this really weird phone call job interview or whatever it was. Yeah. When it was Anna tricking him to go into Mm -hmm, the garage. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like he can't tell Mary because John needs to provide for the family even though John's the one who's having a tough time. Like... Had he told Mary, we might have been able to avoid this Michael thing. I think also it's good to note that the way that John, the sort of conflict he consistently has with Sam. If you look at the way houses interact, the way that Sam and John blow up at each other all the time. That's a Gryffindor and a Ravenclaw. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It very much is. And I still think it's the case that Sam has secondary Slytherin in him. Not only do they conflict like sort of on a holistic level, but the way they tackle problems is completely opposite. Yes. Because Sam is willing to wait for the right opportunity and John can't. No. John just has to go. And the fact that Sam is analytical and and putting things together and he wants to see the logic behind things and... Yeah. John handles conversations with his sons through brute strength and through running at walls, right? Like, that's that argument before Sam leaves for Stanford. That's the never come back. That's the... I feel like Gryffindors have a tendency to say things before they've thought them through. (laughs) Gryffindors have a tendency to dot, 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 say things (laughs) is kind of a perfect summation of that house. But do you know what I mean? I do. It's not even, it's honestly, it's as though you're speaking from a like instinctual and like gut place and haven't considered like how it might be taken or what's the best way to get it across or all of these. It's it's a verbal version of running at a wall. Yeah, no, absolutely. That to me is so John Winchester. Mm-hmm. And then you see him right before he's going to die trying to take a lot of that back and trying to mend fences. That's like realizing what you did because... Being a Gryffindor versus being a Ravenclaw is not at all about like intelligence or understanding no, 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 or no, no, like, no. right? I think like Gryffindors like eventually see what they like if they've done something wrong or like if they've, if running at the problem didn't actually fix it and maybe made it worse. Like, I think that they like mm-hmm. fully see that. And so the John that we see when he's just about to die is like that, okay, I'm rethinking all the things that I've done. Okay, not only that, let's talk about, so very quickly, what happens when a Gryffindor and a Gryffindor who are at odds meet? Because that's what happens between Dean and John. Dean is so deferential to his father, especially in the beginning of Supernatural, but like his insistence in holding on to like I can't I can't let him know I can't let him know I can beat this by myself yeah and then when Dean and John honor and glory and when they do battle you can it is like friction sparks because both of them are used to tackling things head on and head first and sort of as hard as they can Mm -hmm. so when they do come against each other it is a very loud collision yeah and it's like a it's a moral battle right I feel like a lot about Gryffindors are like this chivalrous like every decision is this big weighty moral thing that we're doing to tackle the thing and that shows up so much between john and dean the gray is very hard for a gryffindor because the gray means that you have doubt in your own 
um, path, not path forward, but your own, your own moral center. Yeah. So it's the same, same with John. John would never think about these monsters being okay. Same way he automatically assumes Sam is betraying the family. Yes. He can't see that gray yet. He has to just start with black and white before he finds the gray. Yes. John Winchester, Gryffindor. Gryffindor, Gryffindor. He is. Oh yeah. Primary, secondary. Is a Gryffindor. The (laughs) way he tackles things and why he does, Gryffindor. What about Mary. Mary, I'm having a tough time sorting. There's just something about Mary. (laughs) I hate how often that joke has come up in recordings because I think it's twice and it's too, too many. I could be talked into Mary Winchester being either a Slytherin or a Hufflepuff. I think I lean towards Slytherin for Mary, but I, I could I could absolutely be talked either way. She's she's enigmatic for sure. She is. I agree. I think that she's a Slytherin, very strong Hufflepuff secondary. Yeah. I would almost call it a hat stall, but I think one, I lean on hat stalls too often and they're actually meant to be rare. Yes. And I think that at the end of the day, Mary's Hufflepuff-ness, like the things that come out as Hufflepuff from her are actually Slytherin. Oh, they absolutely, yes. Slytherin motivations, right? They're there for her. They're yes. for her comfort. They're for how she wants to, like, see the world and her. Or or simultaneously, it, for her and her kin or her loved ones, there's a thing about Hufflepuffs and Slytherins being the best of friends because yeah. both of them are They're very, like very. two sides of the same coin. All of the houses are a side of a coin, <laughs> yeah, right? But, like, both houses take close yes. relationships very seriously to the point where an angry Hufflepuff like might stereotypically look like a Slytherin and like a soft Slytherin might look like a puff. Like mm-hmm. it's one of those things where like yeah. you keep your closeness to it. But I think we see Mary very much being a person who holds back yeah. and waits and yeah. wants to do and also ambition for herself to mm-hmm. get out of the life. Yep. Well, also I think that something that shows up with Mary and why it's a little hard to see Slytherin versus Hufflepuff is that the difference between like community and networking is distinct. Yes. But like they're really similar Mm -hmm. unless you are like really tracking the motivation and like the aims of the person at it Mm -hmm. that like a Hufflepuff builds community but like a Slytherin builds a network Mm -hmm. and like Mary is out of the life dies and still ends up at Asa Fox's funeral. Uh, yeah, she still has a network that she, yeah. or like, she, even if she doesn't know anyone in the network anymore, she is cool going back into it because she knows she has the clout. She's earned her place yes. at that Hunter's Wake. Yes. Also, the way that Mary decides to side with the Men of Letters, mm-hmm. um, and in doing so, she's A, figuring out herself. So like, and I'm going to say this, and I, and I want to make sure it's clear. Mary, I think, has a lot of very selfish actions when she oh, comes back yeah. from the dead. Selfish isn't necessarily a bad thing. No. Selfish, it means what it means. Yeah, it's, it's, it's self-centered, it's, yeah, right? Yeah, self-interested. Self-interested. Like, but she has to be. She's been off, you know, the planet for a very long time. So she needs to. And I think a lot of her actions from, from cutting her hair, from needing to leave Sam and Dean, from going to Asa Fox's funeral... And joining the men of letters, all of those things, I think, are very self-interested, not in a bad way. She needed, maybe not working with the men of letters, but like (laughs) the British men of letters, she needed to do a lot of these things in order to figure it out. But because she's a Slytherin, she's able to look at those things and honestly not feel bad about them. I know I need to get this done. I need to sort me and my brain and my life and my connections. And then I'll hit you back. 
Yes. I'm useless to you if I am not prepped. And so she goes and gets prepped. And that's a real hard way to move, if, especially if you're always like not worried about other people, but worried about other yeah. people's feelings. A hundred percent. Mary Winchester is ambitious and manipulative and selfish and all of these things that are very Slytherin qualities. And I think that it's important to see them in a person who I think we can universally acknowledge as being good. Yes. Because they're not bad qualities. No, they absolutely are not. And a lot of her self-motivated things, the connotation is always in something negative. But it does, again, does not have to be. And I don't think it is in most of her cases. There's a reason that we have phrases like self-care. Yeah, sometimes you need to be selfish to get yourself in order or else you'll be of no use to those you love or those who depend upon you, those who look up to you or need you. Like, you can't do any of that without taking care of you. And the fact that Mary can see that so clearly and is comfortable, like, meandering this world she has no idea how to operate a GPS in, like, makes sense to me as being a Slytherin. Even the... The times that Mary maybe steps outside of those traits, she does it in such a Slytherin way. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking, I just keep going back to the Issa Fox episode, but I'm thinking about like her sacrificing herself because honestly, she she didn't necessarily want to be alive. She was done. And I think that those are things that we would hold up and say aren't Slytherin. But the reason she's doing them and like the way that she goes about them are so Slytherin-y. There's a lot of things that Mary will do. And it's if you were to put like a image or a feeling on it, it's like, A, she has stepped backwards into shadow to reposition herself. Yes. Or you'll see something Mary does. and Retreat you'll, to advance. Re- retreat to advance, precisely. Or like there are some times where in my head, when I imagine Mary Winchester, she's doing something badass and she is wearing a slight or a sly smile. Like, does it look like Mary might be in trouble? Yes. Is Mary in trouble? Probably not. Because she's waiting. She knows how best to position herself because she can see the whole picture and find her best ways to advance. I mean, apocalypse world much? Mm-hmm. How did Mary walk into the apocalypse world camp with an angel son yeah. of Lucifer? And end up everyone's favorite. Yes, seriously. Slytherin. I know, I know, like, Jack is cuddly or whatever, and he saves people, and that, that's part of it. There's no way Mary could have gotten anywhere near that camp and trust if she were not able to mentally figure out her best moves. Yeah, and, like, insinuate herself in the right situation, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like just get into each... I'm thinking about, like, slithering. I'm making the slithering hand No, but, like, right that, a lot of the, the jokes, right? Like... Coiled and waiting to strike. Yes. That's another yes. snake trade. Yes. Like, oh yeah, she's absolutely one of those. Honestly, she's one of those women who bats her eyelash and say, "I'm just a girl," and then kicks your ass. Catch. <laughs> I mean, um. Also, how about young Mary Winchester in the past when Dean first is like spying on her through a thing, mm-hmm. and Mary's up with her. She's like, "Okay, babe, I'll see you in a second. LOL. And she turns a corner and just doubles back and almost kills Dean. Mm-hmm. Like grabs him and or like he I think he gets the one up on her, but I'm pretty sure she also is like has a knife on her. Like I think they get each other in a stalemate. Yeah. It's one of those things where like she can very quickly like make the pretty blues, like her curly hair and all her other stuff, but will ju- is just waiting behind a corner to make sure. Fully. And simultaneously got her ex-marine of a partner out of the way first. Yep. As opposed to using him like she could have, because I'm sure he could kick ass. 
Like, John was in the military and, mm-hmm. like, fixes cars. I'm sure he's kind of beefy. But, like, instead, she was like, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to. We're going to put you somewhere safe first, and then we'll come back. Yeah, 100%. Mary Winchester is a Slytherin. All Secondary right. Hufflepuff, though. Strongly, strongly, strongly. A lot of what she does is, obviously, you hear it out of her mouth, like, for family, in the way that Dean does. Yes. I think Dean gets that from his mother, not his father. And there's a caretaking element mm-hmm. um, that I think goes beyond or around just a maternal feeling it's it's not just that you know she's their mom it's that she wants the people around her to be taken care of and to feel safe and to Mm -hmm. right like i think that the urge to get out of the life is a hufflepuff urge she decided to work with the british men of letters to eradicate all monsters so no one but especially her sons ever had to (laughs) fight monsters again that is the hufflepuff caretaking all the way to the bitter end. Mm-hmm. You were like, where did you come up with that idea? Mm-hmm. It's whack. That's not a Gryffindor move. That's a wrap them up in bubble wrap first. But instead of bubble wrap, I'm taking the punches. <laughs> you know what else I find interesting? We had so many more examples and things to say about Mary than John. I thought Mary was going to be harder. And I'm like, actually, or I feel more good about describing Mary than I do John. I feel a little bit like we shortchanged John. But I don't think that's for lack of trying. Well, because we don't see John... No. As a person, we see John as the looming father figure, big idea. He's just not in that many episodes. No. And it's so it's it's and hard. When he's in episodes, it's usually a part of the boy's story, if that yeah. makes sense. Like it's in opposition to something that they want or as a way to build detail on what had happened in the past or a way to explain their traits or behaviors. Like he's a plot device for those characters. More so than Mary. Mary gets to be her own character, gets to go away. And while we do spend a lot of time seeing what her actions or her life or her death or her all of this, what response the boys have from that, she at least gets the time to stand alone. John Winchester, who just like we've talked about it so many times, looms so big over this show and over everything that happens within it and all the choices that the boys make. It's just interesting that we don't have nearly enough, although I suppose that's That's by design. Yeah. He needs to be a mythical figure more than he needs to be a man. So to sum up, Dean, Gryffindor, Hufflepuff, Hatstall. Yeah. Chose Gryffindor. Yep. Sam, Ravenclaw with a Slytherin secondary. Yep. But hard Ravenclaw. John Winchester, Gryffindor, Gryffindor, all the way. Gryffindor, Gryffindor, he just is. Mary Winchester, Slytherin with a really intense Hufflepuff secondary. Yes. I like it. Mm-hmm. I feel very good. Poor and Sammy. No, re- no wonder he ran off to Stanford. <laughs> Come on. He was, he was, he grew up with. Get me out of this. He grew up with two intense Gryffindor. Oh my God. Yep. A Ravenclaw who was just surrounded by two really intense Gryffindors. And right. Like John didn't even know what to do with a Ravenclaw. Like it's not even. Like, no, Mary. that's not Sam's fault. Yeah. Mary and like Mary East definitely could have like coached Sam. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, poor Sammy. No wonder. If some folks just celebrated Thanksgiving, hope it was good. If you didn't, hope your past couple of days were good. Yeah, I hope you lasted without the episode of Supernatural. Ugh. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, even though there wasn't an episode of Supernatural and we didn't get to dig into what's going on this season, I hope you guys all stay extra. Yeah, stay extra, y'all. We won't even make you rate, review, or subscribe this episode. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Bye.